teens to head downstairs. The rest of us, let's get our Bibles once again. Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. And we're just working our way a verse at a time. This is actually our third week on uh, Proverbs chapter 10. And uh, again, we're more of a summary than a, a, a thorough exposition because actually you could spend almost an entire week on nearly every verse in this chapter. And uh, that would take us, oh, just about nine months to get through chapter 10, uh, which really don't want to take quite that much time here. But let's start in verse 18. We left off verse 17. He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuses, refuseth reproof, Aereth. Verse 18, he that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. Now, the Bible has an awful lot to say about the fool, especially in the book of Proverbs, and none of it is very good. And so, what you want to do here is, listen, mark it down, these are the actions of a foolish person. And here's the basis of all foolishness. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That is the foundation of foolishness. And when you find somebody playing the part of the fool, doing what the Bible said a foolish person should, is doing, then you better mark it down this person has problems believing in God, even though they may say they do. When you find a, a person, it tells us here that they hide hatred with lying lips. Now, of course, you don't need to go very far to find somebody that hides hatred with lying lips. Amen? Um, I'll tell you what, turn on the news if you dare turn on the news. Uh, follow what is going on, there is an awful lot of hatred. I think our political spectrum is more full of hatred in these last several years than almost any other time, at least comparable to any other time in American history, probably the exception of the 1800 election which resulted in the duel between Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton resulting in Alexander Hamilton's death. We haven't had anybody killed yet. Uh, but the rhetoric is just so... I mean, it's no longer he's dumb or she's dumb or they're dumb or the Democrats are dumb or the Republicans are dumb. I mean, it is, it is just virulent. It is just full of... I mean, we're going to assassinate character. We're going to accuse them of everything under the sun. Hey... Watch out. People that hide hatred lie about their hatred. And you know what? Have you ever seen anybody good at lying about hatred? I mean, that happens so rarely, does it not? Mark it down. You're dealing with someone whom the Bible classifies as a fool. Get away. You are the one that is going to suffer uh, any time that you have dealings with a fool or someone who is playing that part. 
And then it says, he that uttereth a slander. You know, slander is just a part of everyday speak, it seems, in American society today. And the idea of slander is lying about someone's character. It's there. This is part. We live in a foolish society according to the book of Proverbs. We better watch where we're going. You hear someone at your work and someone starts assassinating another person's character and telling you all kinds of things. Do you know what they do? Just get away from them. Because if you don't, you're the one that's going to be next on their list. And you will suffer the consequences. That's why this wise saying is in here to warn you these are the actions of a fool and there is nothing good accomplished by a fool. Verse 19. In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin. But he that refraineth his lips is wise. The more you talk, the more trouble you're going to get into. Again, this is not related to the verse in front of it. It's just there as another wise saying. There can, there, there, uh, the only connection that they really have is they're both talking about words and how people use them. But, you know, this is something that Preachers have to be very careful because you're required to speak and you're going to make mistakes. I put Moses on the ark more than once, I think, and I have misspoke. I've had people come, did you actually mean this, Pastor? No. You know, just sometimes things are are not, uh, uh, you know, if I showed you my notes, they're not very detailed. And so uh, we have to be careful. But he that refraineth his lips is wise. Is what it says here. You know, you don't have to comment on everything. I'll tell you the the news. They just got to talk about everything doesn't matter what it is. Some bad thing happens. Wall-to-wall coverage. Uh, how many remember all the crazy things that came out about the Boston Marathon bombers? That, well, we really didn't have our facts right. Uh, you know, just, just be careful. You don't have to answer everything. You want, you want people to think you're smart? You know, there's been some times people have come into the office, Pastor, I just got to talk to you about something. And you know what I do? I let them talk. And they will talk and talk and talk. And I might get in three or four sentences. Oh, Pastor, thank you for helping me so much. What in the world did I do? I just kept my mouth shut. Amen? You know, these these words are in here for a reason. If someone really wants help, they'll let you help them. That's verse 17. 
uh, we went over that last week. He that is in the way of life keepeth instruction. So be careful. Now look at uh, 20. We're going to have a value put in here. This is going to be uh, a proverb that's going to bounce again. Hebrew poetry rhymes ideas or contrast ideas. The tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. Now, you could lose your tongue, and who knows, maybe you would be counted wise, amen? But your tongue is not going to stop you from living. I mean, your tongue is that, you can't speak well without, you can't speak without a tongue. You need it to form the syllables and all of those things. But you need your tongue, you need your hands, you need your eyes, you, you need all your body parts, Yes. But how long do you live without a heart? I mean, your heart is important. Look at the contrast here. The Bible tells us in the book of James that the tongue is the most unruly member of the body. It is set on fire the course of hell. It is the thing that kindles great conflagrations, if you like big words, But it says the heart of the wicked, the most important part, has no value to it because it is righteousness that makes something valuable in this world. Amen? Look at verse 21. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die. For want of wisdom. You know, we, we had a, uh, they have a phrase in the world. They say, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, you feed him for a life. Well, look at this proverb here. It says, the lips of the righteous feed many. You know, a righteous person is going to teach and influence other people toward righteousness. Righteousness tendeth to life. Righteousness is the most important thing. You cannot get it unless you go to God, unless He loans it to us as we might look at. But how many fools die for lack, want, and emptiness where wisdom ought to be? And you just stop and think about all the unwise things that go on. People decide to drive like maniacs. People die every day on the roads. Why? Because they don't have the wisdom to drive like a human being. Amen? They think they're the only vehicle on the road. And that's just one application of this. But... Fools will not take the instruction that would allow them to live. You know, we go back early in the colonial history here. 
Well, let's not go there. Let's go to the Palestinian situation, if you want to, modern day. I, I think I've given this example before. The, the um, Jewish people moved out of a certain area there of, of territory, and in there was a dehydration plant for processing citrus fruits. It was a complete factory working. And when it was under the Jewish control, they employed people and they were making a profit and making a good product. And they said, what we will do as a good gesture, as a goodwill gesture, is we'll give this entire factory in the orchards to the Palestinians to, so that they can generate income. It wasn't a week. The Palestinians got the property. They said, we're going to show them Jews a thing or two. And they burned the property down and destroyed everything that was there. Fools die for want of wisdom. They would rather starve to death than receive help from someone else. It's Things have not changed. Look at verse 22. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Now, we look at that and we say, oh, that's just so simple. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. The, the Lord gives us things, and he addeth no sorrow to it. How many of you started out with something you believed was absolutely good in God's will, only to find out there was a whole lot of sorrow involved in that thing. You ever started out that way? Let me tell you something. That wasn't God's blessing. You see, there's a lot of things that look really good when you start. But it says, He addeth no sorrow to it. So if you find yourself going down a pathway, going down a direction in life, and it just keeps getting more complicated and more frustrating, it's time to stop and say, maybe this isn't a blessing of the Lord. Because He addeth no sorrow to His blessings. When He gives you something, it's good. You see, there's a lot of people that are searching for religion. And they find some little cultist, and they don't know any better. I remember a fellow years ago that visited here. It took us quite a while to sort through some of his issues, but he was a, uh, uh, the vernacular is a Mooney, a follower of the late Sung Young Moon, only he wasn't late back then. He was still alive and causing problems. He'd had a nervous breakdown, been in the mental ward the whole nine yards because of his service to Sung Young Moon. And the psychiatrist there said, find a small church and try to rebuild yourself and then you can go back and serve Sung Young Moon. We never could figure out why this guy just wasn't quite there all the time. And so I said, you know, one of the things that might help you is, is our discipleship where we go through every major Bible doctrine. I got about halfway through the first lesson on the Word of God and he just blew up. He said, you, you, you just don't consider any writings of any man worth anything. And I said, yeah, that's right. 
I said, we don't consider anything any human being has wrote, has ever written, any book in any library comparable to this book called the Bible. Because these are the words of God. And if you want wisdom, you're going to find them there. Well, I'll tell you what. The blessing of the Lord, service for God, the ability to obey God's word is not going to put you in a psych ward. It's going to keep you out of one. Somebody said, yeah, I won the lottery. God really blessed. No. I'll tell you what. Read the story of the people who win the lottery. A great majority of them end up dead. Almost everyone without exception. I don't know of one exception. If you find a story, get it for me. I'll put it in my files. We got one guy that didn't end up in bankruptcy because he won the lottery. But if you find a story of one, I've already got a story of dozens that have lost everything. In fact, they, start, they end up poorer than they started out after they won millions and millions of dollars. You know, the blessing of the Lord addeth no sorrow. You have a relationship with a person and you're in love and it's just really wonderful and all of a sudden things start turning sour. Mark it down. That's not the blessing of the Lord. When the Lord is in it, it is a beautiful and wonderful thing, and it only gets better. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Verse 23, it is as a sport to a fool to do mischief, but a man of understanding hath wisdom. Have you ever met somebody they just enjoyed? Uh, often we call it practical jokes. I'll tell you, there's very little practical about most of those jokes. Um, they've always got to be doing something. The Bible says it is as sport. Now that word sport... Uh, is not the same word as in modern English, but it's very close, and it means that it is a personal enjoyment, that it is their challenge. This is what they live for. If you meet somebody and they say, yeah, we got to do, do my work and I got to pay the bills, but come the weekend... Man, I'm going to really tie one on. Hey, it is sport for a fool to do mischief. Again, dealing with a foolish person, get away. Because they're going to take you with them. They're going to hurt you. We move on here. It says, but a man of understanding, we're comparing these things. A man of understanding hath wisdom. He's not involved in mischief. Look at verse 24. The fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him, 
but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. Now, did you get that? We have two different groups of people here. It says the fear of the wicked, it's going to happen to him. But it says the desire of the righteous shall be granted. Now, again, where do you get righteousness from? You get righteousness from God. It doesn't come from you. It comes from God. That's why in Psalm 37, verse 4, one of the most misquoted and misunderstood verses in all the Bible, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Well, Lord, I showed up church on Sunday morning. Where's that brand new Cadillac? That's not what it's talking about. It is learning to love the things God loves. When you love what God loves, God does things. But the fear of the wicked, it's going to happen. People say, well, you just prophesied, self-prophesied your own doom. Oh, well, maybe you did. But the Bible says the wicked are always afraid of something. They're always afraid somebody's going to find out, somebody's going to catch up to them, somebody's going to open that closet and a skeleton's going to fall out. Hey, have you ever read Paul Harvey's dumb criminal stories? Has anybody ever read some of those? I mean, they are some of the funniest things in the whole world. Trying to commit crimes and the dumb things that people do I'll tell you, the fear of the wicked, it's going to happen to them. Verse 25, as the whirlwind passeth, so the wicked, so is the wicked no more. But the righteous is an everlasting foundation. You know, the whirlwind passes. Visit more Oklahoma. That's the whirlwind, tornado. It went through, and in just a few moments, I think it was 40 minutes from start to finish, thousands of homes were destroyed, 24, I believe, lives were lost, thousands of people were made, tens of thousands were made homeless. You know, that's what happens when the wicked get their way Praise God, the whirlwind only lasted a few minutes. Amen? Historically, let's look at some of the historical whirlwinds. How about Adolf Hitler? He said his Third Reich would last a thousand years. Uh, I think the commentator in the rise and fall of the Third Reich said it barely lasted a thousand days. He never God accomplished what he wanted, but he sure killed an awful lot of people getting it done. But he's gone. It says here that the righteous is an everlasting foundation. You know what? People still call their kids Abraham. People still name their kids Moses. 
People still call themselves after names that are in the Bible. In fact, they're some of the most popular names that are out there, are biblical names. The righteous is an everlasting foundation. You know what? It's still right to keep the Ten Commandments. You won't hurt someone. They're not going to put you in jail for keeping the Ten Commandments. Amen? You won't get to heaven by keeping the Ten Commandments either. But they are still the standard of righteousness that we know today. It's an everlasting foundation. We go on. As vinegar to the teeth... And as smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to them that send him. Now, how many of you have ever eaten one of those salads and just reached down into the bottom and got a whole leaf full of vinegar on a sensitive tooth? Anybody ever done that? I mean, that will send you into almost conniptions. I mean, I mean, vinegar is powerful stuff. Have you ever, uh, well, New York, we don't burn debris here. I mean, stuff like that. But uh, smoke in your eyes is, is a terrible thing. I mean, it is an irritation. I remember one time early on, my wife and I were camping, and we had a little campfire, and, and I wear contact lenses. I didn't know at that time. I got a little smoke in my eye, and had an infection for the next several weeks that I couldn't wear my contacts, I had to wear my glasses and all that crazy stuff. But here's what it says. This irritation, this thing that's just going to stop you in your tracks, so is the sluggard to them that send you, send him. You want to be frustrated? Find a lazy guy and try to get some work out of him. You want to be irritated. You want to stop living a normal life. Find somebody lazy and expect them to work. The sluggard is the lazy man. So unless you're just looking for frustration and pain and suffering, don't hire a sluggard. Amen? I mean, there's people out there who say, oh, just give them homeless guys a job and, and, and let them earn a little money. I don't want the frustration. I'm sorry. We got too much going on. If they want to talk about the Bible, I'll buy them some food and we'll sit down and talk. But I'm not going to hire them to work because I, I don't need the frustration. I already got enough. Amen. Uh, only God can change a sluggard's heart. You can't. The fear of the Lord prolongeth the days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Do we need to spend a lot of time on that one explaining that? I mean, well, what is the fear of the Lord? To hate evil, pride, and arrogancy? That's Proverbs chapter 8. The fear of the Lord is to be more afraid of offending God than you are of offending, offending the person you're standing in front of. Amen? 
The fear of the Lord prolongeth your days. How many kids have been started on a lifelong habit battle with cigarettes? Because their friends, they were more afraid of their friends than they were of being disobedient to God. The fear of the Lord prolongeth the days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Death is the result of sin. Death, sin when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Now, we're going, the hope of the righteous shall be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked shall perish. And we just look here. What is the hope of a righteous person? To be righteous, to be obedient to God? God's going to give you that. It will be gladness in your life. You will rejoice. The expectation of the wicked shall perish. I remember as a young man, I read some books uh, that were recommended to me and it talked about the great conspiracies that were going to destroy our nation, uh, the Bilderbergers. and uh, Actually, it wasn't naming them the Illuminati and all of this secret societies and the Masons. They have a funny handshake and and I, I read about these things, and I begin to realize something. It's not happening. They're not doing what they said. Now, the Bible tells us that Antichrist will rule the world. But you know what? He's not going to call his friends and say, uh, listen, you Masons, I need you to take over the government so that I can rule you. Now, he's going to do it without him. The expectation of the wicked shall perish. How many people have said, well, if you only do this, you'll be rich. Work at home and make $7,000 a week. How many of you get those emails? Oh, my goodness. We just got Brother Slava to turn up the spaminator on our email accounts. And now I'm not getting any email. <laughs> it's a good thing. The expectation of the wicked shall perish. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. When you're serving and obeying the Lord, it doesn't matter what happens to you you can trust God to get you through it. Amen? But if you're building upon sin, your house is going to fall in on you. You just cannot help it. it sin does not build anything per, uh, purposeful or permanent. The righteous shall never be removed, but the wicked shall not inhabit the earth. The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness or perverseness. God's standard of righteousness is still the standard of righteousness. 
I like what one guy said. This was 25, 30 years ago. He said, there's two and a half million laws on the United States law books, and every one of them is trying to ensure that we keep the Ten Commandments. You know what? We just ought to get rid of some of those laws and go back to keeping the Ten Commandments. The righteous shall never be removed, but the wicked shall not inhabit the earth. There have been great empires built by wicked men, but they fall apart. I think of Saddam Hussein. Do you remember how he he was going to be the next Nebuchadnezzar? And all of a sudden, he found out he didn't have any army in four days. He's trying to figure out where all of his weapons went. And we found out that some of his weapons only existed in the lies that his generals told him. By the way, do you know where Saddam Hussein's nuclear program was? It was in Libya. Now it's in Tennessee. Do you know where his chemical weapons are? They're in Syria. That's why they've been used. You see, they were there. And it's a dangerous, dangerous world in which we live. But it says here, The wicked shall not inhabit the earth. The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom. But the froward tongue shall be cut out. How many people have tried to build the perfect society? And what happens? It falls in. You know why? Because you can't build a perfect society on imperfect people. The Bible does it exactly the opposite. It says we're not trying to build a perfect society. What we're trying to do is help people struggle to be obedient to Jesus Christ. That's what church is about. Amen? And by the way, you get in a place where there's a lot of good Bible-believing churches and society is a little different now, isn't it? And you go to other places where they're not. And it's not as nice a place to be, let me tell you. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable. But all the wicked can do is speak perversities. Frowardness. They've always got to say something backwards. Perverse. You see, what we have here in chapter 10 is a list of Proverbs that Solomon uttered that were put down and recorded for us. And the amount of wisdom in this one chapter is just absolutely phenomenal. Somebody said, well, don't you believe in the wise sayings of other people? No, I don't. Because... It's the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow to it. I've seen what the wisdom of man can do, and I've seen what obedience to God can do. These are just warnings. When you read through the book of Proverbs, which you should do on a regular basis, listen to what is there. Get out. Tune up your full meter. When somebody starts uttering slanders, it ought to be beeping. Hey, I'm dealing with a fool here. I got to get out of this situation. I got to get away from this person. 
when someone starts uh, uh, talking about uh, being wicked. Hey, get away. It's a sport for a fool to do mischief. Don't get caught. How many people are living on Rikers Island now at government expense because they decided to do a little mischief with their friend? It's a world that you don't want to get involved in. The Bible has given us these directions that we can be careful and we can protect ourselves if we'll just let God's word be added to it. And don't be so confident that when you start seeing sorrow and you start seeing problems because of a life choice that you made to stop and say, maybe this way is not the blessing of God. Let me get out the Bible and make sure that I am in the way that God wants me to be. And that doesn't mean that everything is going to be easy, everything's going to be perfect. We know that. But it says here that God does not add sorrow to his blessings. You're not going to destroy your life obeying God. I wish I had a dollar for every person who said, well, if you believe that Bible too much, it'll make you crazy. Uh, no. Actually, I was told that by a fellow in a psychiatric ward. And I just looked at him and I said, you know something? I said, I get to go home. But if you try to go through that door, they're not going to let you go. Now, I believe the Bible, and you called me crazy. And you don't want to hear me talk about the Bible. This fellow's sister called me from Ohio and said, please, please spend some time with my brother. Help him. And so I went in. I said, can I talk to you about the Bible? And he said, you Bible believers are all crazy. And so I figured at this point, it was just time to let him know a little bit of truth. I'm leaving in a few minutes when I'm done. You know what? They're not going to lock me up because I'm obedient to the Bible. They're not doing that yet. But they're locking you up because you cannot behave yourself in public. Don't you think it would do you a little good just to listen to what God has to say for a change instead of what you have to say? Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for these proverbs.